slinging the green and gold worldwide on the web at CentexSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It's a Big 12 Friday on the John Moore Show. And Bonner will dribble out the final seconds of this game, and the Bears hold serve at home tonight over the Kansas State Wildcats. Baylor, an impressive defensive effort. They win over Kansas State, 74-49, the final score. John, I tell you, when you hold the opponent to 49 and you out-rebound them 40-27 to uh, and take care of the basketball, you're going to win most games, even in this league. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham. Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium, on the web at thebaylorclub.com, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers, 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. Here is Jones driving down the lane, up, it's good, and he's fouled! Andrew going down the floor, drew the contact, the hoop, and the harm will be on the line for a free throw. Kicks to Harris now. Nobody wants to take it. Coleman lands. Back to Harris. Harris to drive. Gets to OT. Shoots a three. He got it. He got it again. Otayabaki with six seconds to go. 70 to 62. The Sooners will apply some full court pressure. Inbounds nearly stolen. Cortez. It is stolen. He saves it to Marvin. Back to Bijan. He'll drive and he lays it in. Bijan lays it in. 2.30 remaining in overtime. Cyclones up one. Hunter driving. Ducks it with the right hand. Tyrese Hunter attacking again. Cyclones up three. Now for a look at this weekend's matchups in the Big 12 Conference. From the Allen Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hi and welcome, John Morris Show on this Friday afternoon, a Big 12 Friday, might say a uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge Friday. That's where uh, we'll be this weekend. That's what we've going got going on for men's basketball in the Big 12, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Welcome in. Glad you're with us. John Morris, Aaron Sexton on a beautiful Friday afternoon. We appreciate you being with us. I like cuts in the open, courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. The Bears number four in the nation, uh, 18 and two, six and two in the Big 12, headed to Alabama to play the Crimson Tide tomorrow afternoon. Chris Stewart is the play-by-play man for Alabama. We'll visit with him coming up later in the hour. Craig Way with a call, courtesy of the Longhorn Sports Network from Learfield. Texas really impressive in a 73-70, I'm sorry, 73-50 win over TCU earlier this week. And Texas home hosting Tennessee coming up tomorrow night. And uh, how about uh, how about ES- ESPN has a part in scheduling these games? Mm-hmm. Probably a big part. Yes. <laughs> Probably more than we would even care to know. But how about uh, them uh, pairing Rick Barnes in Tennessee and the Texas Longhorns? Yeah, um, great programming. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> go it. Vols! And it's the <laughs> it's the uh, it's the nightcap. It's the last game at seven o'clock. I mean, it even follows Kansas Kentucky. So that's uh, kind of surprising. They think, yeah, they think a lot about that matchup, and it should be a good one. Uh, Tennessee, number eighteen in the nation. Texas, uh, number twenty-five in the coaches' poll, receiving votes. They'd be twenty-seventh in the AP poll. You're Brian Haney, a call courtesy of the Kansas Jayhawk Sports Network from Learfield. 
KU's uh, dramatic uh, double overtime win over Tech on Monday night, 94-91, the final score. What a game. What a great game. What a great win for KU. Tough loss for Tech. Baylor and West Virginia get the big Monday treatment this uh, upcoming Monday. But uh, Kansas now draws Kentucky uh, number five versus number 12 in Lawrence coming up tomorrow afternoon. I was about to say, where's the game? Because that, yep. that has a lot to do with yep. no, I, they <laughs> They're really tough to beat at home. And let's just say that they, they get some home whistles too. <laughs> you know? You I, 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 yeah, they get, a, they get a couple of calls every game at home, it seems like. Not that they, you know, uh, didn't play well and not that it wasn't a, a, a great effort by Kansas, but it helps to have that home field advantage. Uh, home court advantage and, you know, to uh, get get a few favorable calls here and yeah. there, which it seems like they do. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? If there's any team that might not be intimidated by Allen Fieldhouse, it might be Kentucky. I think you're right. You know, because they really, they get that everywhere they go. Um, this may be a step up from, from road environments that they have to handle, but they play in front of 24,000 at Rupp Arena, you know, every home game. So uh, I, I'll bet you Kentucky uh, will be able to handle that environment pretty well. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, there's very few programs with the history that Kansas basketball has. Kentucky's one of them, actually. Yep. You know, theirs is even more storied. Aren't they? I'd have to look. I think they're one and two in all-time wins. I believe so, Kentucky's yeah. number one. Kansas closing fast. Uh, with that season Kentucky had last year, the nine-win season last year, <laughs> Kansas made up a lot of ground last year. You want to not stick around as Kentucky head basketball coach? Have another nine-win season. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new meaning to one and done after a nine-win season. All right, you heard a highlight cut from uh, Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners, the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield, Oklahoma. Good win on the road over West Virginia this week, 72-62. That was midweek. Oklahoma uh, draws top-ranked Auburn in Auburn, Alabama at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on ESPN. So tough draw there, you would say, but a great opportunity uh, for Porter Moser and the Oklahoma Sooners as they take on the number one team in the nation. Yeah, I don't think they expected that when the season started, but uh, Bruce Pearl's got Auburn rocking and rolling. They're very, very good. Yeah, a little bit of... um, uh, I don't know the right word. There's there's some worry going on in the state of Alabama that Bruce Pearl might jump to uh, another job after this year. His name's being linked to the Louisville job. And and you wonder, you know, who knows what he wants. But, man, I bet they'd throw a lot of money at him if, um, you know, if they see that that's a possibility. Yeah, Auburn's not a traditional basketball power, right. but um, he's shown uh, – Coach Drew has shown here, you know, that you can make anywhere a basketball power if you've got the right coach and they have the right program yeah. set up, yeah. you know, especially now with the transfer portal. I mean, even if, if you have an off year in recruiting, you can make up for it in the transfer portal and still be competitive with anyone. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So uh, Auburn, Oklahoma tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. And then you heard a highlight cut from John Walters, uh, Cyclone Sports Network from Learfield. Iowa State won in overtime in Stillwater over Oklahoma State on Wednesday. 84-81 was the final score. Iowa State now is home against Missouri. That's tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock on ESPNU. So those are a few of the uh, matchups, Big 12 SEC. We'll go through all of them again a little bit later. Baylor headed to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. 
the uh, Tide uh, uh, kind of teetering a little bit right now. They're thirteen and seven. They're four and four in Big Twelve play or uh, SEC play, <laughs> and um, uh, just lost to Georgia. Lost to uh, um, the team that got their first SEC win of the year, the Georgia Bulldogs, on Tuesday. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice to see Alabama lose, <laughs> and and my fa- it drives my family crazy because. Uh, on my mom's side, my family is from Alabama, uh, Latahoochee, Alabama. Oh, Latahoochee. Yeah, it's right outside of Mobile. I and, like that. And uh, they're all, obviously, well, not obviously, they could have been Auburn fans, but the whole family's Alabama fans. Well, when I was eight years old, uh, Baylor played Alabama in the Cotton Bowl, oh, and yeah. my uncle decided to trash talk me the whole time. Ah. You know, they lost 30-2, to two and, right. I, and it was me, my uncle, my grandfather. I love my grandfather greatest man that I've ever met um, the past few years ago. But I told him then, eight years old, I said, I'll never root for Alabama. Because Baylor was already my team, but I wouldn't mind rooting for another team. And I was like, never happened. That turned you off that young. Yes, and I have stuck to it. I do not root for Alabama. And they're like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, nope. I don't blame you can blame you can blame Rick Uncle Rick for it. It's his How about fault. That? Doesn't have anything to do with Nick Saban or anything now, huh? It just goes uh, that, back to that helps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that help keeps the bad taste in my mouth, so I can right. root against him. But you're not changing your mind, are you? <laughs> yeah, like he's not endearing them to me. Yeah, so. yeah. So, uh, so that's our matchup. Baylor and Alabama comes up uh, tomorrow on the air at two thirty. Tip off at three here on ESPN Central Texas television on ESPN so that'll be a lot of fun going to Tuscaloosa um so I've got Aaron uh on the wall in my office I've told you before I've got a map my kids gave it to me a few years ago and I put a a push pin in the map everywhere that I've done games and it's a green one for football it's a gold one for basketball and then it's white for anything else that I might go and cover Mm -hmm. and these days it's hard to get new places you know because Obviously, the Big 12 games, you've been there many times. You've already got that pin there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times in non-conference, uh, it's the same places or places we've been. I mean, over, what is it, 35 years right. in, in yeah, football. There's, there's and, you know, not you, a you've lot been of, to a lot of places. Sure, and even in basketball, you know, there's exactly. not a ton of places that they're going to go on the road that you have Exactly, on the road, yep. yeah. So it, it, I don't add that many pins these days, but I was looking at it yesterday and never done a game in Tuscaloosa. And so I'll put one there, I'll put a gold pin there after Saturday. And then I said, what about the Bahamas? You know, because we played there in the battle for Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And I looked and, and nothing there. It's the first time I'd done games there. So I got to add that one. So nice. I've added two in basketball already this year. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So good, nice to add those to that uh, map that's on the wall in my office. All right, off and running on a Friday. We're glad you're with us. John Morris, Aaron Sexton. A little bit later, we'll visit with uh, Chris Stewart. Chris is the play-by-play voice for Alabama men's basketball and baseball. Sideline analyst for uh, the football broadcast there at Alabama. Great guy. You'll enjoy hearing from him. Talk about the matchup. I want to ask him, too, uh, what's, you know, what's the talk over there about OU in Texas? We know what it's like from this end. What's it like on that end as far as the impending Uh, move to the SEC by the Sooners and the Longhorns. So Chris Stewart coming up in just a bit. Right now, take a break. John Morris, Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuels Studios. We are brought to you by Diamore Fine Jewelers. Oh, that was so fun to be at Diamore yesterday. 
Thanks again to the hospitality for uh, Jay, the entire group there. Monali was on with us. Very, very uh, hospitable. And we just love going to D'Amore Fine Jewelers. You will also remember Valentine's Day right around the corner. They've got gifts for all price ranges and for men and for women at D'Amore. Check it out. D'Amore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. Back with us, John Morris Show on this Friday afternoon, the Rob Sellers funky bump of the day. Aaron says, uh, not one of his favorites, but uh, there you go, Rob. Hope you appreciate that. So what do you have against this one? No, it's just... uh for some reason, growing up hearing that song, yeah. I just never liked it. Really? I don't know. Yeah, just the repetitive, you know, the chorus and, right. and the way kind of the tone they sing it in, uh, you know, kind of not off key, but kind of ish. I got you. Um, okay. Just, All right. Just, you know, fair. it's not a terrible song, just not one of my faves. <laughs> I got you. Very good. Plenty more Earth, Wind, and Fire that, uh, that you would like better than this. Oh, one. that's one of the few it? Earth, Wind, and Fire songs that yeah. I don't like. Fantastic. Very good. All right, uh, back with us next segment. We'll visit with uh, Stu, Chris Stewart, uh, basketball play-by-play for Alabama and baseball for Stu. Let me say this in setting it up. I don't know if we'll talk about it, but uh, Chris is uh, one of the great guys in our business, very well-respected, very funny, very funny guy. And he had a few years ago a, well, it was a life-threatening situation. Um, He had a stroke. Like he woke up one morning and um, his wife said, something's not right here and called the hospital and they took him in. And when he woke up, he was waking up from a, a stroke oh. that he had. I mean, very, very serious. And then he gets over that for the most part. And then he has uh, um, uh, bypass surgery, has to have heart bypass surgery. And then following that, he had some kind of infection that was really, really serious. And so this guy, man, he has been through it. But he's got a great story to tell, you know, about God bringing him through that. And he feels like that, uh, uh, you know, he's been given a a second lease on life, you know, to still be here. And he wants to take advantage of it. And he's not shy talking about it. Then we could ask him and he would he would gladly tell us the story and talk about it. But, uh, man, he has been through it, a real life-threatening situation, not once, but really a couple of times. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. You know, it, it, I, I try to always keep my problems in perspective, even though they can, you know, really weigh on you if they're not even that big. And then you hear stories like that, and you're like, okay, you know, yeah, you're, exactly. you're okay, calm down. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. What's my issue? I didn't get enough sleep right. last night. <laughs> you know, exactly. something like that. Yeah, I'm running late for work, and the guy <laughs> yeah, in front yeah. of me is not going fast, you know? Right, right. Little Very good perspective. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, so that's Stu, and we'll visit with him coming up next segment. Mentioned a couple of other things that are going on uh, today in Baylor and, uh, and MCC Athletics. MCC Baseball is starting today. Uh, this is their season opener today. Mitch Thompson was on with uh, Tom and Ward earlier this week. We replayed that. But uh, good luck to Mitch as they embark on a new season. 
And uh, I think it's Navarro today. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they're playing at Navarro today. Uh, but it is their season opening game today. And they are the defending national junior college champions. They are number one in the preseason poll this year. So uh, high expectations for Mitch Thompson and crew at McLennan. And good luck to them as they get a new season underway. Uh, Baylor baseball beginning practice today for a new season. They'll open three weeks from today. So here they go. Uh, Saw John Strauss earlier today, Baylor pitching coach. And uh, he said they're ready to go. I said, y'all ready? And he said, yeah, we better be. (laughs) So uh, they are starting practice today. They've been doing some individual work since class started in the spring, spring semester. But uh, now begins uh, formal team practice for the new season. So Baylor baseball is right around the corner also. Yeah, picked, uh, what, fourth or fifth in the Big 12? They were picked fifth. Poll just came out yesterday. I'm going to take the over on that. A good call, yeah. (laughs) Most often, that's what they do. They may be picked lower, but they're going to finish much better than that. Was it last year or two years ago they were picked eighth? Yes. And I saw that and I thought, what are you folks doing? Right. Have you not met Steve Rodriguez? I don't think, you know, honestly, I don't I don't know that some of the people who vote on that keep up with baseball very much. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And it's tough in preseason, you know, to know who's who's coming back, who you right. lost. I mean, there's change. It's tough. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'd take the over on uh, being picked fifth in the preseason. Uh, Baylor tennis. There's a lot of tennis at the Herd Tennis Center and indoors at the Hawkins Indoor Facility over the next uh, few days, week, really. Uh, women hosting the ITA National Indoors and Regional and then the men hosting uh, their version of that beginning on Monday. So a lot of tennis going on. The Baylor men hosting William & Mary this afternoon. So that is underway at this hour. And Equestrian competes uh, tomorrow in College Station against A&M. I think Equestrian is number four in the nation. A&M is number two in the nation. And they'll meet down in College Station tomorrow morning beginning at 11. Go Bears. <laughs> don't, you know, don't get to compete against A&M in a lot I know, of things that's now. True. So yeah. I'm fired up. In Equestrian, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's Absolutely. probably the closest, them and TCU, the closest competition that is out there. So there's a look at what's going on in, uh, in Baylor Athletics plus MCC Baseball starting their new season today. Take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Chris Stewart, play-by-play man for Alabama basketball and baseball. Talk about the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Bears and Tide comes up tomorrow. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business on the web at alansamuelsdcj.com. You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. JQ on the drive again, throws it in the corner. Shaq, three ball, bottom, red, smoking, hot. Jake Shackelford buries it. Hey, Bama leads by six. Now, back to the voice of the national championship, Baylor Bears, John Morris. Back with us, John Morris Show on this Friday afternoon. Highlight cut courtesy of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Authored by the voice of uh, Alabama basketball and baseball. Sideline analyst for Alabama football. It is Chris Stewart who joins us now. And uh, Stu, appreciate you being on with us this afternoon. How are things? How you doing? I'm 
I'm really good. I'm really good. I appreciate it. Just uh, excited about getting a chance to see you in Tuscaloosa. As I, I told you earlier in a, another conversation, I just leave a couple of your guys back home if you don't mind. But I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you. Not, thank you very much, but not happening. We need to be at full strength. We need to be at full strength tomorrow. Hey, what's the uh, what's your thought and what's uh, Coach Oates' thoughts about this Big 12 SEC challenge? You know, stopping down on conference play here in late January. Well, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's great for our league. I'm not sure how yours feels about it, but for the SEC, it's great to have a partner to kind of run with and to wave wave our banners collectively for this time of year. Um, it's been a great event. The SEC, thankfully, has been more competitive the last few years than they had been before uh, as a group. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny. I, I looked up and uh, a week or so ago when you start promoting this game, and I went, oh, yeah, we won the league last year, and, and you won yours. difference is you guys are still playing at a very high level. And depending on what night it is, Alabama still is too, but it's uh, it's not as consistent as your squad has been. Well, and, and tell us about your guys. I mean, you had some big wins early. You gave Gonzaga, you know, one of their yeah. two losses. You beat Houston back in December. Some really big uh, wins there. Um, but it seems – but you're 4-4 four and four in conference now. How would you describe, you know, the season so far? <laughs> Coin flip. Cause yeah. you're not a, uh, or maybe maybe the Forrest Gump, it's like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Right. Uh, Look, they have been in every ball game. There was one double-digit loss that was to Memphis on a night when the Tigers played the best they've played maybe all year. They had to get a win. They dropped three or four in a row. Uh, Alabama did not handle the road environment very well and uh, and got popped uh, by 13, I think, was the margin in, in that ball game. But they were coming off of the stretch where they played really well in uh, intense ball games. They have won at I started to say at Gonzaga. Technically, it was in Seattle, right? Uh, not not Gonzaga's home court, but it was eighteen thousand people. And from what I'm told, because I wasn't there that night, I was doing the SEC championship game. But uh, there wasn't a lot of crimson in the building yeah, I bet. that night. Uh, if it was, it was along with the Navy of Gonzaga, but it was it wasn't Bama crimson, that's for sure. Uh, great, great win there, um, and then came back and beat Houston in a terrific ball game at Colton Coliseum in Tuscaloosa. And uh, I think it was the next game where the, the Memphis loss occurred. I can't remember because they start to run together. But anyway, it was those were great, great victories. And then you come back and, and the real head scratchers are uh, a loss to Missouri, a near loss on the road, a near loss to Missouri uh, in Tuscaloosa. And then you get a win against, uh, you know, a, a, a good LSU team. And then you turn around and, and lose at Georgia, which had not beaten anybody in conference, even though they'd been competitive. So hard to figure out. The The better the competition, the better Alabama has played. Their only home loss has been to uh, to now top-ranked uh, Auburn. And it was, a, it was a tie ball game with a minute to go in that one and let it get away late. And, and you just hope that the team that has beaten three or four top 15s and played the number one team in, in Auburn, to the wire will be the one that shows up and not the one that, that played its last ball game. Because if the one that played its last game shows up against you guys, it will get ugly. Uh, you guys will, will play a high level, and Alabama's got to play at a high level to, to be on the floor with you. 
Glad you mentioned uh, the success of Alabama uh, last year. Uh, Sixteen and two SEC champs, twenty six and seven overall, Sweet Sixteen in the NCAA tournament, and you finished number five. Uh, I didn't realize that till looking at it this week. But final AP rankings, Alabama was number five in the nation last year. That was a great season last year. Yeah, it really was, and it was special. It's been twenty years since Alabama had won an SEC title. Um, did so under Mark Godfried and, and Antoine Petway, who's an assistant on the staff now and has been for a number of years, was uh, instrumental part of that team as, uh, as a guard. It, it's, um, but it had been a long time. Bama's got a, a proud history. Look, there, there's no two ways about it. Kentucky is the clear-cut, easily, by far, most historic program in the SEC and has been for decades but when you're looking at the history of the league, second in all-time conference wins is the University of Alabama. Wow. It had a great stretch with three straight titles in the 70s under C.M. Newton. Um, Wimp Sanderson had a stretch with five consecutive NCAA tournament bursts, I think three in a row at, in the Sweet 16. Uh, there had been other periods and pockets of success. But we hadn't won a league title since Mark did it. Again, in that 2000, I guess it was 01, 02 season, and needed to have something big happen again. It had a veteran squad, good size, that the style of play that they excelled in fit perfectly with what Nate Oates has brought to Alabama. And he did a phenomenal job of, of leading that team last year, not only to a regular season title, but a tournament crown and uh, a gut-wrenching overtime loss to, to UCLA in the Sweet 16, or, or they could have easily been there in the Final Four just like the Bruins were. So uh, a great season last year, historic, but uh, has only whet the appetite for Bama fans to do that on a continuing basis. You mentioned Kentucky, obviously, uh, you know, dominant in the SEC, really dominant in college basketball for many, many years in your league but uh, how does it sit with you guys uh, that Auburn is all of a sudden <laughs> upstart number one in the nation and playing really well? Well, I'm not going to speak for the fan base. I'm not going to speak collectively <laughs> for that. But I, I'll, I'll take you back to a conversation that I had with, uh, with Bruce Pearl. He had been at Auburn for a year. And we were, at a, we were at a charity golf tournament together, and there was a couple of minutes where we were the only two people standing at the bag drop and in, in this conversation, I said, Bruce, you know where I work and, and look, we're going to want to beat you every time. I said, but man, as a kid who grew up in the state of Alabama in the eighties, uh, following basketball and loving it as I did at a time when Wimp had it rolling in Tuscaloosa, Gene Bartow had great teams at UAB that were nationally relevant. And, uh, I said, heck, I even pulled for Sonny when it mm. didn't impact Alabama or UAB. And he said, oh, man, that was an incredible time. I said, it really was. And I said, I'm, I said, I really feel like we're going to trend back in that direction again. And, uh, look, P.T. Barnum had nothing on Bruce. He's great <laughs> at, at winning games, first of all, but also getting people engaged within his fan base and his campus in the process. Um, he's done a great job at Auburn. We've done a uh, – I think we – Nate Oates has done a great job at Alabama. And prior to that, um, Avery Johnson had done some really good things. Only one NCAA tournament berth. But as, as Nate will point out, some of the guys that were the cornerstone veterans of last year's team were, were guys that he inherited 
from from Avery's uh, squads, there were there were some things in place where now Alabama can move forward. And while we're not playing as well right now as we'd like, we got a recruiting class already signed for next year that includes two parade all or yeah parade all Americans, uh, a, a top five signing class, and a, a fan base that's ready to be nationally relevant in basketball as they are obviously in football and several other sports as well. Wow, interesting. Chris Stewart is with us, play-by-play for Alabama basketball and baseball. Bears and Tide tomorrow afternoon in Tuscaloosa. All right, do you think if I opened up our phone lines uh, and told people not to Google it, who who how long would it take to name Nate Oates' alma mater? Wow. Let me tell you what, I'm having to hesitate. <laughs> I, I've got it. I've got it. I, won't, I won't say it. Uh, help me. Let, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Right? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I'm looking at your notes, and the that's the only reason I know it, and it kind of jumped off the page. Maranatha Baptist. Yeah. Where is yes. Maranatha Three Baptist? School, uh, Michigan or Ohio? Okay. <laughs> Somewhere up there. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another one. Um, my broadcast partner on on Bama basketball for 18, 19 years now has been. Uh, Brian Passick, former yes. guard at, at Alabama in the 90s. And, and Brian sent me the text the day that it came out that Nate Oates was hired, and he said, got our new basketball coach. I replied, great, who is it? He replied, Nate Oates. I said, great, who is it? Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know the name. And he replied, he replied, Buffalo. I went, oh, that guy's good. Mm. Now, Nados didn't know who I was either, but we've become pretty good friends, and, and I have immense respect for him personally as well as professionally. Uh, he's, he's been terrific, but yeah, he's, let me tell you who he is. He is a math teacher mm. who's also a great basketball coach. He's a high school math teacher who's a great basketball coach. Loves numbers, loves teaching, um, enjoyed what he was doing, would have been happy and content, but was skilled, gifted enough that was was blessed with some opportunities that he will credit God for, for blessing him with to, to get to know some coaches. Um, you know, being in, kind of in, not in the shadows of Michigan State, but, but coaching high school basketball there and, and winning uh, a state championship at a prominent school in, in Michigan. You're going to get to know the head coaches at Michigan, Michigan State developed really good relationships there. It's ironic. He read when he was coaching high school basketball in Michigan, he read a book that Nick Saban wrote years ago uh, about coaching, about teaching, and had read it, had studied it, and then he gets to be on staff and on campus. And the guy spent a full – he asked – or Coach Saban said, anytime I can help, any way I can help, let me know. And he said, I'd really like to shout at you one day later on. And, And I don't know that Nick believed him. But he said, sure, that'd be fine. Well, he reached back out to him later as they got into the season. He said, Coach, if I won't be in the way, I'd love to shadow you for a day. How about he that? Said, I showed up at 6.30, had a notebook in hand, took notes all day long, didn't leave until Saban left the building after 10 o'clock that night, and then brought a new notebook and called him on a game day as well. Huh. And obviously applied things from a basketball perspective as it translated from the football side. But, man, the guy's, the guy's phenomenal. Uh, nothing but respect for him. And I, I honestly felt that way for some personal reasons before he ever coached a game. But seeing him through two-plus seasons now, even more uh, thankful that, 
that he's uh, coaching at Alabama. Wow, that's some great insight. Appreciate that. Uh, Stu, I guess the last time we saw each other was uh, you guys played here in Waco three years ago, part of the Big 12 SEC yeah. Challenge. Baylor won the game. It was tight, 73-68. What's, what's the thought from there uh, with Baylor coming in now, number four in the nation right now, defending national champs? Does that get people's attention, you know, for this game tomorrow? Well, I think it's the fact that you followed up the success that you had last year. And as you and I were talking earlier today, you've replaced – some irreplaceable pieces with guys who are more than serviceable. You've, you've replaced national champions with guys who, who are contenders for their own crown this year. And it's legit. Um, it's, it's a really, really good basketball team. And John, there's three guys that are missed off last year, last year's roster. There's, there are other pieces to the puzzle as well that they got that team as far as we talked about earlier, but, when you lose Herb Jones, the SEC Player of the Year, John Petty, the all-time three-point shooter in school history, and Josh Primo, who was just coming into his own um, as a, an underage, if you will, college player. He was a 17, 18-year-old last year. He's 18, 19 years old now, barely 19, I think, playing in the G League. Or, excuse me, playing uh, part-time G League, but also with the Spurs. He's gotten a start with the with the big club, wow! just like Herb is the primary starter now, a primary starter for the Pelicans. And John Petty's playing G League team in Birmingham. Not only were those three guys who, who brought the, the things that I brought before, I mean, in, in Primo was the number 12 draft pick last mm. year in the first round. So they were obviously very talented based on what I've already said. They were also 6'5", 6'6", 6'7" could rebound like crazy out of the guard slot. Herb could play any spot on the floor, one through five. And you, you don't just plug and play with somebody else. And, and I think while you knew you were going to be um, in a spot that was going to be tough to replace those guys based on who they were and what they meant, I, I think seeing it up close and personal has been even more of a challenge than, than Nate Oates and Alabama as a whole. Uh, realize. Yeah, I would say we both had some significant losses from last year's rosters. No question. Uh, for sure. No question. A final thought. Uh, I'd be interested in your perspective on this from the SEC viewpoint. Uh, how, how anticipated is the uh, uh, joining of your league by Texas and Oklahoma at some point down the road? There, I, I'm not going to say it's split down the middle, but I think it is split because there are some that miss the old school traditional 12, but even maybe even more so the 10 that we used to have with the, with the, uh, the SEC prior to the addition of Arkansas and in South Carolina. Um, I, I will say this, I'm, I'm excited. I think Oklahoma and Texas will be a good fit, but I, I'm excited from the standpoint even more that now Missouri actually makes sense mm -hmm. and I don't say that in a, in a disparaging way towards them at all but you would go there and there was nothing that felt like an SEC environment when you go to Mizzou it's a look they got a great proud history they've been to Atlanta twice as the Eastern Division champion of the the SEC uh and have represented well and, and done well in in various sports but there's just a feel uh, and I think you know what I'm talking about. It just didn't feel like a fit. Oh, sure. And and it's not. It, it was tough for them and their fan base. 
just like it was was odd for the SEC. Texas A&M felt like an SEC school from day one. It, it seemed to have a fit there. Uh, Missouri, by having, I think, Oklahoma and Texas, will feel more a part of the, the SEC family now and look more like that than they have at any other point. So I think it's going to be good. I think it's we all need to get used to it. I think the Big 12 made a great recovery because there was concern, obviously, that that, that league might splinter even further when you lose two, uh, two programs like that. But I, I think what they've done to not only fill those spots but grow the league to the number they have is going to be great for you guys. I hope it is. Uh, I, I, I pull for you to, to have that happen there and that we can all be strong. And I, I'll be honest, just now it's on Alabama's behalf, just mine personally, I hope we're at, at the, the spot one day where it's, it's the five leagues and we, we quit pretending that we're all under the NCAA umbrella and playing the same game because we're not. I hope that the ones that want to play this at a high level uh, above, you know, what a lot of other schools want to do. And I'm not knocking that. I, I did games at an NAIA program that went division one for a brief time. I've done lower level or, or mid-major um, division one games as well. But Alabama, Baylor, and all of the schools in our respective conferences, I think, want to be in a place that has a different agenda from a lot of other teams in the, the NCAA and even within Division One. And there's no reason why others should have to play by our rules, but we shouldn't have to play down, so to speak, in some regard for, uh, for that as well. We should be able to do what we, what's best for our institutions, wherever that institution is. And that's why I hope it's at some point where we're playing a bunch of games against each other, even though we're not in the same league. Yeah, that's great. That's a really good perspective. Hey, man, it's great to visit with you. I appreciate your time this afternoon and uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, thanks very much. Safe travels. Always good to talk to you, buddy. All right, thanks very much. Chris Stewart, play-by-play for Alabama men's basketball and baseball, sideline analyst for uh, Alabama football. He's got his finger on the pulse over there, as you can tell. Great to visit with him. It is Baylor and Alabama tomorrow afternoon. We're on the air at 2.30, tip-off at 3, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Television tomorrow on ESPN Television. All right, uh, take a break. Back with more in just a moment. Final segment, wrap things up in the 3 o'clock hour. John Morris Show John Morris, Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuels Studios, and we're back right after this. When I wake up in the morning, love. Back with this final segment, John Morris Show on this Friday afternoon. John Morris, Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuels Studios. Appreciate Chris Stewart. Great. Uh, I'm sure you got some really good insight on uh, Alabama and their thoughts and Alabama basketball, uh, the SEC. I mean, Stu's been doing that a long time, and he really does, like I said, have his finger on the pulse over there. Uh, I just hope, I hope Bob Mock is listening. Bob is the pizza king in Central Texas at Marco's Pizza mm-hmm. and the biggest Alabama fan that I know here in Central Texas. I can't think of anybody close. I like, you know, how he said it's kind of split. Yeah, that was you interesting. Know, there's the it? old school yeah. uh, 
thinking and the new school thinking kind of yeah. is I guess the way he put it you yeah. know and, and it wasn't necessarily negative no, for no. Texas and Oklahoma just more the size of the league so that was interesting right like when I talk about it just you know it's going to be negative just know that going in but he wasn't <laughs> right. being negative he was just saying you know that there's there's people that like kind of miss the old original SEC and then there's people that are fully on board with expanding and being the biggest and the best and yeah. you know yeah. it was a neat part of, the, of a very good co- overall conversation I mean so much packed into that 19 or 20 minutes it's uh if you want to re-listen to it I recommend that it, it's up on Twitter now it's at ESPN 1660 on Twitter and Facebook and it'll be up on SyntexSportsFan.com along with the whole show uh, after we get through. Very good. Thanks for doing that. Uh, and pass it along to Bob Mock. If uh, if you know Bob, uh, pass that along to him. <laughs> He'll enjoy some, enjoy some Alabama talk here in Central Texas. So uh, let me repeat this story, my favorite Bob Mock story. I've said it before. If you all listen regularly, you've heard it before. But we had a game way back, a big football game. I think it was Baylor and Oklahoma. Big game nationally. Uh, network, network radio came in to do it. And it wasn't ESPN radio doing the national broadcast, but it was some, you know, sports line or, you know, I don't know what it was, uh, something, some other network doing the game. And they brought in Eli Gold to do the network national broadcast on radio. Well, Eli is the voice of the Crimson Tide and uh, the voice of NASCAR over there in the South also. So Bob Mock at that point was uh, working up in the press box and I saw him and I knew Eli was there. And I said, Bob, have you met Eli before? And I can't remember what he said, if he had or hadn't. And I said, come on, let's get you together with him. So sure enough, kind of out in the dining area there at Old Floyd Casey Stadium, uh, I was there and and Eli Gold was there. And I said, hey, Bob, come here. So I introduced Bob to Eli Gold. (laughs) And you know the first words out of his mouth. What two words come out of his mouth? Roll Tide. Exactly. Yeah, you know, Roll I've, tide. I've been around Alabama fans like I like I said earlier my whole life, and I've heard it my whole life. You have, haven't you? And, and not to not to go back over that story about my uncle, you know, you know, razzing me about Baylor losing when I was eight, so I don't root for Alabama now. But all he keep all he kept yelling during the whole game was bear meat, bear meat. <laughs> I, I just still it still rings in my head, and yeah. I just. That's been a long time. That's four oh, years ago now. And I still, still can't stand out. That's Alabama. funny. <laughs> Roll Tide. That's their, that's their language. That's their love language, you know? And, and he, he, he's told me when, when he's been, you know, when he's been in Alabama for the Iron Bowl. Yeah. And they win, which they usually do. Right. Um, he said, you can hear people, you know, they live way out in the country. Their nearest neighbor <laughs> are miles away but you can hear people screaming you know the the hollering and and celebrating after the wind kind of echoes through through all the all the you know valleys and hills and stuff out in the country especially when in the iron ball oh absolutely he said it's it's amazing to hear roll tide you know from miles away but (laughs) that's good hey we need to uh finish up move out of here make room for matt mosley coming in next here's some birthdays uh trevor white's birthday today former baylor receiver happy birthday to him it's vahe gregorian's birthday today vahe a great sports columnist in uh st louis and kansas city happy birthday to him uh, who else tom Lindsay's birthday happy birthday to tom Lindsay. glenn coy former baylor football player and dave deaconson's birthday happy birthday big dave happy birthday to you 
That is my list for today. Aaron, anybody to add? Pretty extensive list today. Oh, really? John, yes. Uh, director Frank Darbont turns 63. He's most famous for directing The Shawshank Redemption, oh, yeah. which is one of my all-time favorite movies, probably my second favorite movie of all time. Just a, a great, great movie. Sarah McLaughlin turns 54, one of the founders of Lilith Fair, and uh, she sings I Will Remember You, which is you know, plays late night during the ASPCA commercials that always make <laughs> me and everyone with a heart cry when you see <laughs> right. them, you know, but um, Sarah McLaughlin is 54. Joey Fatone from NSYNC is 45. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys Whoa. is 42. Whoa. So some boy band birthdays yeah. today. <laughs> and uh, Elijah Wood, uh, who, uh, who uh, played Frodo in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, turns 41. So uh, quite a list today. Nice. Good list. We had a couple. It's Doug Smith's birthday. Doug, I see at basketball games regularly, retired from the Baylor Bear Foundation. Happy birthday to Doug Smith. And it's uh, Blake and Sammy Harris's anniversary today. And uh, one more real quick, Greg Popovich. Oh, cool. Maybe, arguably, the greatest coach in NBA history maybe. is 73 today. So Very there you cool. Go. Hey, that's a good list. Uh, hey, we appreciate you being with us. we got to move out of here. Matt Mosley is coming up next, 4 to 6 with Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow from Tuscaloosa. I neglected to mention the Baylor women in action tomorrow at West Virginia. On the air at 12.30, tip-off at 1. Baylor West Virginia women's basketball. The broadcast on 104.9 FM. Next door to us here, 104.9 FM television on Big 12 Now and ESPN+. Plus. Thanks to Chris Stewart, who was on with us. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Baylor basketball and Lord willing, back here in the studio on Monday. Aaron, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Stay tuned. Matt Mosley coming up next. So where are we? That is a very, very good question.